0: this is Dave Bro. Welcome back to the Calgary Stampeder Podcast. Now, normally, when we talk to former Stampeders, we generally stick to guys who are here for a long time, have great stories, championship memories, that kind of thing. Well, today, we're doing something a little bit different. We're going to the opposite end of the spectrum. How about 21 days, Stampeder? That's the story of Paul Hickey as he joins Jock Wilson for an extended interview today, but also a little bit more of an important message. Paul Hickey is a stroke survivor, and he's here to tell men about the importance of looking after to your health at knowing the signs of a stroke
1: joining us all the way from cleveland on the calgary stampeder podcast we have the one and only former CFLer paul hickey live and direct from his own rav4 studio is is that right paul
2: <laughs> that is correct
1: <laughs> how in the heck are you my friend it's been a long time
2: it has been a while, Jaco. It's, it's, uh, it's been an interesting ride, uh, certainly in, in uh, the career path that I've chosen and, and some of the things that have happened to me over the last 15 or so years since we chatted. But you know, more than anything else, I'm happy to uh, still be walking the earth as opposed to being walked on.
1: Well, and, and, and that's an interesting story, and that's one of the reasons why we wanted to chat with you, uh, Paul, because uh, you've had an, an, an interesting ride. Now, again, you know, a, a elite athlete. You played some great hockey in your junior days. Uh, you made it all the way to the Canadian Football League as you were a draft pick in the sixth round in 1983. You know, you played with the Saskatchewan. You, you played with the Edmonton Eskimos. But then you had a setback.
2: Yeah, and a cup of coffee with the Stampeders oh. longest twenty one day trial on <laughs> earth.
1: <laughs> a, a twenty okay, I, I I forgot about that. Tell me about that twenty one day trial first of all.
2: So so it was back in nineteen eighty five, and um, I guess Earl Lunsford was the general manager, and and uh, Bud Riley was the coach, and uh, they had shipped off Mike McTagg to Saskatchewan, and they had asked J T Hay to do both jobs, and right. and. Uh, a. T. Hay was a yeoman place kicker in the league, and he was struggling punting the ball. And and uh, at that time, uh, Earl saw fit to to uh, I, I guess give me a call because I had been released by Jack Gata in, in Saskatchewan that year, and and. Uh, Long story short, I came just after July 1st and left after Labor Day. I don't know how that uh, equates to a 21-day trial, but that's what it was.
1: <laughs> Did you get a paycheck? Because those were the dark days of the Canadian Football League. We had, we had our SOS campaign, I believe, in 86.
2: Yeah, it, it was. Uh, and that was part of the reason that I wasn't able to stay around, is is they couldn't put me onto the roster and they couldn't afford to pay me. And, and uh, I guess the uh, the... The hotel and or motel I, i'm not even sure what the name of the place was in motel village i think it's long since been demolished but but uh you know there was there was dark days of the cfl at that time and uh thankfully uh you know the stampeders prevailed and and look at them today they're an outstanding um example of what a team uh uh has and can become and uh they're they're just uh, you know the the class of the league in terms of um you know putting a, a great product onto the field. Uh
1: you're right about JT Hay. He was a great place kicker, but holy cow he was a crappy punter. Uh, there's no other way to put it.
2: Well I'm not I'm not gonna go that far. <laughs> what I would say is, is JT JT's excellence
1: was in in place kicking the football. <laughs> and Mike McTaggart is a blast from the past and and you and I worked together in radio so you know we do go uh, way back Paul and, and 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 your career did have a setback. I I, I want to take you back to 2016. Uh, because sure. you know you here you were you, you you were you were very active. You were playing hockey, you were an avid golfer. Uh you know you were walking your your dogs every single day. You never Smoked in your life, you maintained good weight. You know, you and your wife Penny, you, you eat a healthy diet, and all of a sudden, you're on a holiday in Mexico. I'll let you finish the story. What the hell happened?
2: Well, it, it's all John Carroll and John Hamilton's fault.
1: Okay, well, I, 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 I get
2: that. So I was, down, I was, I was down in Mexico with the Carrolls and the Hamiltons, and uh, and, and I'm not going to blame this on Mexico, and I, I have no, no, um, I guess. CSI in terms of who did what to who and how how I I was infected with his blood bacteria. Um, What had happened was uh, I came back from Mexico and uh, I played an NHL alumni hockey tournament in support of uh, Gordie Howe Cares and went off to Fort Mac to to do some meetings uh, with CNRL, another great Calgaryan company owned by you know, some, or founded by some Saskatchewan guys, but, uh, and then went down to Vegas with uh, John Hamilton and and John Carroll again. And, and these running mates and and I had a great, a, a great bunch of fun. And I got back from Vegas and I'm going, I'm not feeling well. It felt like the flu and it was the longest, hardest case of the flu flu that I thought that I had, uh, unbeknownst to me, um, that wasn't the flu. What it was was a bacterial infection that caused a condition called uh, uh, endocarditis. And what that is is uh, a fancy word for saying your heart got attacked. And what attacked or what got attacked in my case was my aortic valve, and uh, it decimated it, um, and to a point where it was unable to pump blood, or the volume of blood that uh, my system normally managed and uh, blood clots formed. Hmm. And uh, long story short, the blood clot went north and I went south uh, in an awful hurry. Uh, so I was getting ready to go to work one day and uh, I, I had a hard time making it uh, out of the bathroom. In fact, uh, I couldn't get out. And I had to have my, my good wife who was still at home and as well as my daughter who was at the home at the time uh intervene get me off the the uh the throne uh per se and and uh call nine one one because they were able to recognize what was going on and uh it was a stroke and it was a very significant stroke i played it off as being a you know hey look it it, just a monty python you know came out to me it's just a flesh wound right Mm -hmm. and uh it was more than it was more than that it paralyzed my left side completely for a period of about 45 days and uh, had to undergo um, um, open heart procedure to replace my aortic valve and uh, some intense rehabilitation uh, over a period of uh, about uh, two and a half months at the Foothills Hospital and I walked out of there. um, The stroke happened on on May 12th. I walked out of there uh, just in time for Stampede on July 6th. Wow.
1: You know, I I lost my father to a stroke, and and he had a stroke a year before he passed away and, of course, couldn't drive and had paralysis on the left side that you're talking about, and, you know, we could just see the deterioration, and then, unfortunately, a a major stroke a year later took his life, and he was only 66 years of age. So I I, I feel for you, for, for what you went through now. You're, you're okay now, Paul, are you?
2: Well, uh, I mean, that, that was a pretty low bar to begin with. Um, <laughs> as far as being okay, people, you know, I, I, I'm still suffering a little bit from from uh, some minor, and I would say minor, deficits. I have a sensory deficit on my left side. There would be people that would argue I never had feelings anyway, so that's not a big deal. But but um, some gross motor skill has returned. Uh, I, I'm not uh, the, the single-digit handicap golfer anymore, but I will take someone's money if they give me enough strokes. But um, uh, for the untrained eye, uh, no one would know that I had a, a very grave event uh, a little over three years ago.
1: So it is stroke month and we are trying to raise awareness, you know, you know, on strokes. What are the signs? What should people look for? Uh, What message do you have for for what you went through and for for people that are maybe uh, um, concerned about it?
2: Well, we don't have that much time, so I'm not going to get in the long and the short, you know, the long story as as to, um, you know, what people ought to do. First of all, you know to to recognize signs of a stroke. Uh, there is an acronym. It's called FAST. Right. Is your face drooping? You know, arms or A is R for arms. Can you raise both of them? S is for speech. Is it slurred or jumbled? And T is for time. Call nine one one. I my my family were were very in tune to what um, strokes were all about. My my wife's a healthcare professional. Uh, my daughter is a kinesiologist, and and you know it was very easy for them to see although I thought I looked normal um, and again that's a pretty pretty low bar right. but you know they were able to get me into care uh, in, in a very very short period of time. I'm, I'm going to commend uh, the, the, the acute care and the emergent care people at the Foothills Hospital because if it worked for them and for their ability to to um, get me into uh, an emergent situation and diagnosed uh, properly, uh, you know the outcome could have been significantly um, different. But you know the challenging part of this whole thing is no strokes or no two strokes are the same. But but you know what the causes are. You know risk factors that you can't control are things like genetic things, and that's part of the 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 game around what happened to me uh, and I'm not going to get all uh, anatomical on you but mm-hmm. my, there was a, a, a genetic defect in my heart uh, my aortic valve was malformed so endocarditis will attack uh, weak structures in the heart and that's what it did but there are things that you can c- you can do with regard to um you know lowering your risk of, uh, of ischemic or attacks or strokes that involved uh, you know in uh, Blood clots and things like that, but be more active. Hmm. You know, get 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 an act uh, a regimen that involves low levels of, of activity. That uh, you know, if if you're at all concerned about uh, about the condition that you're in, make sure that a you consult your physician and b you, you start off on a on an even keel on an easy basis. Make healthy food choices. You know, eat more fruits and vegetables. We've been hearing this. You know, since our, you know, grade school days eating, you know, what's uh, the Canada Food Guide's all about. Right. But but certainly, um, you know, eat well, get exercise, be more active. If you can, uh, quit smoking. One of the best things that you can do, uh, because uh, what the effects of, of uh, smoke and nicotine on, on the heart and on the lungs and, and your ability to carry oxygen is just... It's just decimating, um, you know, your ability to stay healthy. Manage stress. Understand what causes your stress. And I'm not talking about, uh, um, you know, workplace things, but that's part of it. You know, family situations, they can be very stressful. Jobs can be very stressful. Find ways that you can limit what it is you do and, and, and your release of stress. And whether that's, again, like you said, Jock, taking dogs for walks, I mean, uh, the, my walking partner, we, we lost her around Christmas time and, and, uh, you know, I haven't been down to Bowness Park all that often since, but, but at the end of the day, find ways that you can that you can creatively and successfully um, remove that stress from your day to day life, uh, Paul.
1: I got to ask and, you because because you were very very healthy and 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 you did play at the highest level in the Canadian Football League and and you obviously played some 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 very serious junior hockey as well. So I got to ask you this blows to the head because we know a stroke is is when you know oxygen and blood to your brain goes and, and you say yours is from a virus but did you ever have concussions did was there was there any results from that uh in in your history
2: uh, in my history i i can i can remember um at least three concussions on a on a football field and i was a punter and, right. and uh One of them uh, that that stands out, actually, I was playing uh, for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders when we were playing the Calgary Stampeders in Taylor Field. And uh, it wasn't the hit that Steve Carpenter put on me uh, on the first opening punt of the game when I think it was Ronnie Hopkins returned it, but it was was my head hitting the turf. And uh, I remember kicking the ball. I remember what I was doing uh, in terms of my job to force... Um, You know, Ronnie Hopkins back into the middle of the field. It could have been Larry Hogue. It could have been, you know, uh, shoot. It could have been um, whomever was quarterbacking at that time because uh, the the Stampeder um, punt return team. I mean, you could have you could have driven Noah's Ark through that. (laughs) Um, Long story short is that uh, Steve Carpenter hit me in mid stride, so I was not anchored to the to the turf and. And uh, he could sort have, of, you know, pushed me over with a feather. So my head hit the turf, um, and I, I kind of, I lost consciousness there. And I, I, I actually, I do recall, uh, because it was right in front of the Stampeder bench, I tried to, you know, channel my inner Don Cherry and go get up and get off the field. And I tried a couple of times, and then uh, Terry Irvin came over and he said, just stay down. Mm. And uh, their medical staff came over, and Ivan Gutfriend came over from our side, and and uh, they carted me off the field, and that's all I can remember of that day.
1: Scary, scary I don't situation. Even know,
2: I don't know who won that game, so yeah. And, and you're right. Um, there are some some lingering effects um, uh, that I'm afraid of in terms of uh, what will happen down the road, specifically around. Uh, the effects of, of stroke and Alzheimer's, I do, I, I do pay attention to, to um, I guess, care in terms of that. So from where, where I was three years ago to now, um, I, I've been released from all uh, care from my, my stroke physicians. Um, they've basically said, uh, you are fully and completely recovered even though there are a couple of minor deficits, uh, sensation wise. Um, and, and you know, there's just some fine motor control that, that I'm still working on. Like, uh, some of the, the toughest things that I have to do is tie tie shoelaces and, and, uh, uh, a tie if I'm putting the suit on. So those are pretty minor or insignificant events. And, uh, what I would say though is, Uh, Should you experience one? Um, And and strokes are are different person to person. And people have said to me, you recovered because you were an athlete. You recovered because of some of the the disciplines that you had. And I would grant them, that's true in some instance, but that was 33 years ago. Uh, I recovered uh, in, in a large part because I made the choice. To recover, and uh, I was supported very well by by people, uh, healthcare professionals that, you know, were relentless in terms of, of my rehabilitation while I was infirmed and, uh, and and post of that when I was in a program. Um, that was an early supported discharge where physical therapists and recreation and speech and, and occupational therapists came to my, my home as opposed to me being in, in Foothills Hospital. So um, there were some, some very influential people that, that kicked my backside um, to, to ensure that I would make the absolute most of my recovery. I was supported by family. I was supported by a number of very good friends, um, that that made it their, their mission to ensure that um, my moods were good, my, my motivations were in the right place. And again, it was a choice to want to get better. It was a choice to move forward. And uh, I'm glad I had uh, the support that I did and, and made the choices that I had.
1: I'm glad we've had this uh, conversation, my friend. It, it's so good catching up, and I'm glad you're back on your feet and, and doing well, and we'll have to do it again real soon.
2: Absolutely. Uh, it, it's it's always good speaking with you, Jock. Uh, I, th- I think the first time we ever met was in North Battleford. You were doing a banquet, a rubber oh, chicken circuit. And, that's right. Um, it, it's been a long time, you know, uh, <laughs> a long time coming.
0: That's all the time we have on this week's Calgary Stampeder podcast. Remember, give us a rating if you like what you hear. Also, feel free, send us some topic ideas. Let us know what you want to hear. You can catch the Calgary Stampeder podcast every Thursday, Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcast, wherever it is you get your podcast. We'd love to hear from you. For Jock Wilson, I'm Dave Rowe.